Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're talking about Christmas decorations. Merry Christmas! Look at Christmas! Holy it is! Cow, it's like Rudolph threw up in here. Yeah. Well, is that or Prancer? Is that a name? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Vixen. Yeah. Blitzen. Donner. Donner. And nice. <laughs> I don't know. Dasher. And Frank. <laughs> Frank. He's the best reindeer. Anyway, oh, Chuck. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, we're glad you're Stone here. Church. So good. Glad you're here. Yeah. I'm Travis. This is Jeremy. What's up? Uh, our normal 12 Stone hosts that you probably know and love are on assignment. They are. So David is actually in South Georgia at a place called Gray. Gray, beautiful name. Yeah, it's gorgeous <laughs> countryside. It's a picture. Uh, just kidding, Gray. You Me- guys are fantastic. Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Rachel is out in Dallas, right? Dallas, Texas. Yeah, they're they're so. both looking at some uh, new twelve stone home groups and super excited about uh, what's going on there. And that's right. So today we uh, we're you the got us. Group. Yeah, so sorry. sorry. But you're here still we go. here. We got your click. What do we care? <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on uh, you. Just okay. kidding. Say, hey, we love to start off with a little conversation because here's where we're going today. Uh, yeah. P- Pastor Kevin is talking about being anxious versus being calm. And oh, so we want right. to have a little conversation yeah. about anxiety, fear. And here's the question, what's an irrational fear that you have? It might yes. be rational to you, but everyone else will be like, yeah, that doesn't make any no, sense. I don't like that. Yeah, go ahead and have that conversation. We'll see you in a bit. Okay. All right. Welcome back. We found this in the set. Yeah, it I was looks like, like a half what a mouse. Is it? <laughs> it's part of. I saw it. I was like, ah. <laughs> so my anyway. irrational fear. Yes. If you've ever bitten the inside of your lip, I am then scared to death, or the inside of my cheek, that every single bite from that point on is going to destroy. So I'm just true. Super slow after that. <laughs> yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah, that is a nightmare. My, my, my world is a nightmare. Yeah, mine is a little bit, I feel like I'm always like kind of like getting sick and it's just like, it's over. It's just like, yeah. oh, my yeah, arm's popping. It. I'm going to die. My God, it's over. You're going to amputate. <laughs> anyway. Right, sorry, we got to move forward. We hey, we're super excited because last week you got to meet Alex and uh, Zach Otto. They yeah. are our very first ever 12 Stone Home City Pastors. They're yes. moving out to Charleston and they actually moved out to Charleston this past week. They're we out there. Of, uh, yeah, that's them. They Look went with that. the Penske truck. Yeah. Good, Good choice. Good call. Yeah, that's the we're number one truck. We are big Penske fans. And uh, they got moved into their Aww. apartment, but here's what they're doing. They are uh, the very first city pastors where they are basically kind of missionaries, bivocational. He's going to yep. get a job there. And uh, he's building up 12 stone home gatherings in the Charleston area. 
Uh, we don't want to introduce Charleston to 12 Stone. We want to introduce Charleston to Jesus. That's right. And to people who might not ordinarily step into a, a building, but might step into a house or a cafe for a conversation about faith. Yeah, it's true. So uh, you might be thinking, oh, that is really cool. I'd love to get in, uh, involved. Somehow you can text HOME to 37748. This might be if you just want to have a conversation around like, hey, are there, is there a 12 Stone home gathering yeah. around? You might be in Charleston and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so interested in this. Yep. Text it. We're, uh, we're going to have someone call. It's going to be Rachel. She'll actually give you a call. It's not going to be some bot. She's actually going to talk to you, so which is really cool. Right. And uh, if you have any friends or relatives that live in that area, hey, we'd love to get them connected as well. People who want to have a faith journey that's a little more connected, a little more community-based, and uh, love to serve their community. Yep. That's a great opportunity. You can text home to 37748 mm -hmm. there as well. Yeah, very cool for that. So, but today we're going to do something uh, pretty cool. We do it once a month. We yep. have communion yeah. uh, together. And so you might want to get your elements ready. If you're in a 12-stone home gathering, go ahead and get, you know, your bread or your juice or whatever that looks like, you know, for you. And then Russell here in a little bit in the worship set is going to release you to go ahead and experience yep. that together as a gathering. Yeah, if you happen to not, by the way, do it now and you all of a sudden and you realize he's talking and you're not sure what to do, just press pause. Yeah. It's totally fine. We ain't going to know. Press pause. Go grab your bread. Grab your juice. We want you to participate and really soak in the truth of what Jesus did for us. So we're about to jump into worship. And as we say, Jesus, our God is everywhere. He is right. in your living room with you, in your cafe, wherever you're watching this from. And so we just want you to know that you are free to welcome, that God wants to visit with you, do something great in your life today. So Cam, uh, not Cam, uh, Ansley's going to lead us in the first song. Right. So let's jump in. Well, hey, welcome, church. Those of you in the room, you can stand up, get ready to worship. 12 on home, 12 on online. We're glad you're with us, too. You can get into a posture of worship, whatever that looks like for you in your room. I want to invite us into some unique kind of posture of worship for our hearts today. We made it to December, which we're excited about. It's almost Christmas. These weeks leading up to Christmas, they're just full of expectation. They're full of waiting to celebrate the coming of Christ. And in the church, we call that Advent season. So we're in Advent season. We're in that season of looking towards celebrating His birth and the coming of our salvation. And this week as I was praying, the Lord said to me, Advent season is my fresh invitation to you for some fresh joy. And so I just wanna pray that over us today, that Advent and this, these coming weeks and today in worship, that we would answer that invitation to some fresh joy with deeper adoration. I think this season invites us into deeper adoration for who God is and what He's done, deeper joy for the coming of our hope. So as we worship today, I just wanna read this scripture over us. It's from Psalm 95. It's an invitation to come adore, to come give thanks, to come sing. It says, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song for the Lord is the great God, the King above all gods. So would you come and worship with us today? I want you to sing this with me. Oh, Oh, come 
praise for that. And you know what? Just take a moment, just, just one quick moment, and just whisper out loud, just thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. It's good to honor him together. It's good to be together. We get to do some really unique things when we're together. It's only when we're together that he truly gets to be intimate with his bride, which is all of us together, right? I love how Ansley started today talking about just remembering the season of Advent that we're in and we could get, I, we really do pray that there's a fresh uh, presence of joy in your life in this season. But I love, I love in, the, in the season of Advent that we're in, did you know that Advent just means arrival and it's just the, the advent of our King is what happened uh, 2,000 years ago when Jesus came. And it's good to remember that and to honor that and to be grateful for him and that sacrifice. It was a sacrifice even when he was born. The Lord gave us his son to walk this earth. And we get to remember that in the season of Advent, in the season of Christmas. It's a special time. But also, uh, today, like we do often, we're going to take communion together. And that's also a season of remembering remembering his sacrifice and his death and his resurrection, his victory over the cross, but it, specifically in the sacrifice. Today we're going to have to take communion together. We've done this often, and we usually hand you out a little pre-packaged communion element, and you can take that when we uh, would lead you through it. But today we're just going to do a little, something a little bit different. We're going to move around the room a little bit, give you the opportunity to go find one of the stations. We have five of them, a couple, uh, three over here and two over here. You can see them, there, there's just tables. And, and on, on the stations this time, we've got some um, pre-cut pieces of bread and, and, a, and a cup of juice. And we used to do communion this way all the time. And if, uh, if you're not quite ready for this, this is great. We still have the pre-packaged uh, communion elements there. You can grab one and take it back to your seat. But uh, at each of our stations, there's a pre-cut piece of bread. And for those of you at 12 Stone Home, uh, this is your opportunity just to kind of do uh, communion the way that you would normally do it with your home gathering. But here in the room, we'd encourage you to take the time over this next song when you're ready. Spend a little bit of time with him and thank him for his sacrifice. But you can find one of the stations and grab one of the pieces of bread that we pre-cut for you and you can dip it in the juice. You can either take it right there or you can take it back to your seat or you can grab one of the pre-packaged ones. But we're just going to start worshiping. We're going to start singing. You can pray first. You can take a moment. You can sit. However that works for you, but this is your opportunity to go. And you can start moving even right now as we start to play. We can go ahead and start the song. But just take an opportunity. Thank him for who he is. Remember his coming as a child. Remember his sacrifice on the cross. It's your opportunity to do that. Every trophy will be laid down at His feet. 
Jesus Christ, the King above all things. Oh, you're the King Jesus. Unto the Lamb, be honor and glory. Worthy is He.
him in this place. Come on, give him praise. Yes. We adore you, Jesus. There's no one like you. We're grateful for how you came and that you came. And God, we honor you for your life. God, we're grateful for your death and the sacrifice you made. We are grateful and honored to be able to stand in your presence as sons and daughters, known and loved and redeemed and called and blessed, full of gratitude. So God, we turn our eyes to you and we give you honor and glory that you deserve. It's in your name we pray. Everyone said? Hey, thank you for singing today. It's good to hear you. Hey, take a quick moment and greet the people around before you grab a seat.
That's not me singing. It sounds really good, doesn't it? Ah, oh, welcome to December. Welcome to officially Christmas. You fired up to have Christmas come? Oh my goodness, yes. We all have need of that. I love Christmas music. And that song, White Christmas, is one of them my mom enjoyed playing on her record player back in the day. And man, Christmas, I know it's, it's so much more than a song like White Christmas. And we'll come back to White Christmas because the song actually stirs a question for Christmas that I, 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 th I think we ought to get to. But Christmas isn't, isn't about that song. It, it, of course, centers in Christ, the Christ of Christmas. If you don't know the story, it's the story of God so loved us that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth. God with us. Say that with me. God with us. Say it again, loud and proud. What? God with us. Emmanuel, from heaven to earth, the incarnation, God in human flesh to become the Messiah, that is to rescue us and redeem us and restore us to our heavenly Father, that we might have heaven, eternity with him as we talked last weekend. I mean, that's great Christmas present. And so that he could be with us even here and now. Not just with us in heaven, but here and now. So he came. So let's, let's go back and listen in on the circumstances of his coming, his story. Now, Mary, the virgin, was pregnant supernaturally. Now we have God in human flesh. And Joseph also went up from a town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn son, Jesus. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I'll bet they were, wouldn't you be? <laughs> but the angel of the Lord said, do not be afraid. Hey, don't, 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 don't let anxiousness overwhelm you here. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Great what? Joy. Now say it with joy. You can't say joy. joy. Okay, I, but you weren't ready. So I'll read again. I bring you good news that will cause great what, everybody? Joy for all the people. That includes us today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Jesus has come. But a whole lot of Christmas with Christ at the center gets lost. In the holiday of Christmas, the trees, which is fun, and some of the myths and 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 the and the music. How many of you? How many of you know the song? You're familiar with White Christmas. I'm dreaming. I won't sing it for you, but White Christmas. A whole bunch of you. And I just, I got to tell you, I, I'm from Michigan, born and raised, and so we always had the Snow White Christmas, and it's awesome. It's beautiful when you're a kid. 
And, and then I became an adult. And I'm like, I'm, I'm no longer dreaming of a snow white Christmas. I don't, I don't want snow. I, I, and, and so I was dreaming of a snow-free Christmas. And here's how I know God loved me. God brought me to Georgia. Let me plant a church here. That's how I know God loves me. Because he knows I'm not dreaming of a snow white Christmas. By the way, for those of you, just, just so we're clear theologically, uh, the snow clearly came as a result of sin. And you know that because there was no snow in the garden. But anyhow, enough said. So, so, so to my point, you get in that song, I'm, well, I'm not dreaming of a snow white Christmas, but there is something in that song I think we're all dreaming of. It's a great question for, for Christmas. So let's go back to the song. Okay, let, let's have the guys that play it again. Give, give me about 30 seconds. And go ahead and serenade your neighbor. Go ahead, serenade your neighbor if you know the words. Listen in. Yeah, sing it. Sing it wherever you are. No, I won't sing it aloud. Be what? Merry and bright. And may all your Christmases. Well, forget it. We don't, we don't need Snow White, but we do need merry and bright. How many of you want all your days to be merry and bright? You're like, oh, yes. You know why? Because merry and bright means happy and carefree. I want happy and carefree outside all my days. Really? You can have all your days happy and carefree. Isn't that a little naive? I mean, we love it. We want it. We, we, we wish. But that's not real. I mean, that that's, that's, sounds good. We, we, we all love the idea. So we sing about it. And we'll put up things on screens and in songs, merry and bright. That's what we want. But if we're honest about life, it's not all merry and bright. It's, well, it's, a lot of times messy and broke. See, the, the, the question that we should be asking that gets stirred from that song, and I'll put the question up here for you. How do you live merry and bright in a messy and broke world? Now that's a real question. How do you live merry? Because listen, we, it's a great Christmas question. We, we all have moments and relationships and times and seasons and experiences that are merry and bright. Woo! But, but aren't they always alongside messy and broke too? The answer is yes. If you're not, I'll do it again. Aren't they always alongside messy and broke? Well, of course they are. You, you know this. Our family, I, I love Thanksgiving, by the way. We just we close that out. I, I know we're at Christmas, but you, everybody gets to have their favorite holiday. It's, yeah, Thanksgiving is mine. Here, here's what I, I love Thanksgiving because I get Thursday through the whole weekend and chill out with family. I told the kids when they grow up, when you grow up, you get married, you have kids. Thursday, Thanksgiving is mine every year. You don't have to come over for Christmas. You don't have to come over for New Year's Eve or New Year's. I really do. You don't have to come over for, for Easter. You don't have to come over for Father's Day, for my birthday. You don't have to come over for any other holiday. But I get everybody all day on that day, including the grandkids. So this is my day. Y'all don't mess with my day. It's going to be merry and bright day. Y'all make it merry and bright. But the countdown to Thanksgiving this year, all five grandkids had flu-like symptoms and fever. Come on. Man, I'm praying up a storm. Lord, you know Thanksgiving's mine. 
And that today's got to be merry and bright. The man right here cooks two turkeys, a traditional, a fried. It's awesome. You want to come over? You're not invited, but you want to come over. <laughs> and I got to have everybody. And then my kids are texting me. Oh, you know, the baby's real sick. He's getting so-and-so. has got a fever. We won't come over. Yeah, you will. Because <laughs> I need merry and bright. And don't bring your messy and broke. So fortunately, just before the Thanksgiving, like, like literally noon the day before, all fevers broke. And it's like, yeah, we're all going to be there. So it comes and it's Thanksgiving. And I'm just so merry and bright, happy. And, and, and then after Thanksgiving meal and my 27-year-old, and I'm sitting with him. And yeah, I still love all my boys. And I, man, you are sleeping a lot today. You're hot. 103 temperature. Come on, can we not have a merry and bright without a messy and broke? No, no. When I was growing up, yeah, parents' marriage, we had many merry and bright moments, but it got broke, divorced. Single mom, you know, over there for Christmas and then over to dad's for Christmas. And I mean, a lot of relationship is merry and bright and a lot of it is messy and broke. A lot of Work life is merry and bright, but a lot of it's messy and broke. A lot of health, merry and bright, but a lot is messy and broke. A lot of finances is merry and bright, but a lot is messy and broke. You who are middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, you have classes that are merry and bright. And then you have some like, are you kidding me? Just messy and broken. And You hit 55 plus, you're like, this is going to be merry and bright. And then you realize you just don't know any given day you wake up what has decided to be broken today. Like what feels so bad for absolutely no reason. And the culture has so much merry and bright, but it seems so insane and broke. See, the real question is, how do you live merry and bright in a world that's merry? Well, it's messy and broke. How do you live merry and bright? So for the next four weeks, I'm put on the screen. We're going to talk about the four tensions in Christmas. We're going to get pretty practical here. Get inside the Christmas story. Today, we're going to talk about anxious, anxious and calm. That, that's the whole of today's unpacking. Next week, we pick up better to give versus receive. Well, what's, is it really? In fact, today, you're all kids across campuses are, are, are going to receive their, their banks. And those little banks are the opportunity. I'm so glad to get past COVID and get back to rhythms and normal and how we teach our kids. And, and, and then next Sunday, we'll, we'll teach this. Is it better to give versus receive when Jesus says it? Well, like, what, is that? what does that mean? And, and kids get this this week and the following week to, to begin to give towards something beyond themselves. We're going to receive a Christmas offering on the 18th, and we're going to give the whole thing away, and we're going to go... We're going to go just bless the world around us. We're going to be day makers for tons of kids, thousands of kids. In fact, 10 single moms going to get cars. I mean, we're going to do some cool stuff together as a church and go be day makers. But better to give versus receive. I mean, there's tension in that. The next week, speed of life versus speed of love. I mean, we know the joy of life is in relationship, but we live at such a pace that you actually end up undoing the very joy in relationship because you hardly have time for it. How do you, the speed of life works against the speed of, how do you make that work? Naughty versus nice. Santa keeps a list. Does Jesus? 
That'll be on Christmas Eve. We're just going to go unpack and get in it. So today, anxious versus calm. And I'm going to give the teaching away right off the top. I'm not even going to hold back. I'm just going to tell you right off the top what we're going to teach. So here's, here's what we're going to teach. So jot it down. Put it in your notes. Get your camera up. Take a snapshot. Here we go. If you're not anxious, you should be. If you're not calm, you could be. Everybody read that together with me. Wherever you are, 12 Stone Home, online community, a live campus. I want you to all read this with me. I want, to know, want you to see where we're going. Jot this down. Get this into your head. Get it in your heart. Let's think about this. Are you ready? Everybody read it. You, ever, you all ready here? You ready? Here we go. Read it with a loud power. Here we go. If you're not anxious, you should be. If you're not calm, you could be. But you're not anxious. You should be. You're not calm on the inside. Could be. Jesus taught this lesson. Listen to what he said. In John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So that in me, the Christ of Christmas, the God with us, the God who loves us so much he came to be with us, not only gives us heaven through a restored relationship with Jesus, but when Jesus is with you, you get his peace. But he says, in this world, which means here and now, before you go to heaven, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. I had um, bad theology when I was a kid. I didn't know it. I didn't verbalize it this way. But, but I had just wrong thinking from my childhood. I was convinced, just coming from a messy and broken family situation, I was convinced that if I would follow Christ better than my parents, you have your own thinking, but if I would just follow Christ better than my parents, I would have a merry and bright life. Like, like I, we would escape I, my life, my marriage, my kids, my family, my finances, my health, my life, my hope. My, we would escape all of that if you would just follow Jesus better than my parents did. My marriage will be awesome. My kids will be awesome. My finances will be awesome. Whatever I put my hand to will be blessed. And, and then you get into real life. And I am following him as best I know and with all my heart. And it's disillusioning, isn't it? I mean, some have gotten so disappointed with Jesus and faith that they've walked away. Most of us tend to do that in our 20s if we had faith as a kid between college and 20s because it's not merry and bright. And anxious things own us. A messy and broke comes along. And we have this childish, not childlike, childish, wishful fantasy faith as if Jesus never said that. When he told us, oh yeah, in this world of sin, it's messy and broken. And you will have trouble. So I'll say it this way. If you're not anxious, you should be. Are you even paying attention? Let's talk about it. If you're not anxious, you, you should be. See, you would think that 
If anybody would be free from anxious or messy or broke or things breaking down or anything broken, wouldn't you think that like the couple chosen to be the earthly mom and dad of the incarnate God in human flesh, if anybody should have a smooth road, shouldn't it be them? Okay, maybe not me, maybe not you, but for heaven's sake, Joseph and Mary, this should go pretty smooth. I mean, once God says, you'll be pregnant with the son of God, you'll be the dad, y'all, this will be good. <laughs> Have you read the highlights of their life? Gee, <laughs> Irregardless of the reputational impact, which we don't even have time to talk about, upon her that produced all sorts of stress and anxiety. Now she's in her third trimester. At least she gets to be at home in Nazareth with her mom. There's no hospitals. You understand how things work in that day. Go, go back to Luke chapter 2. There, there's no hospitals. Jesus is coming in the next couple of months. But she's got her mom. She's got her family. She's got her support. She's going to be taken through this by the one who raised her. She's going to have, okay, it's going to be difficult, but, but I got family. And then there's going to be a census taken. And you got to travel from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, 90 miles in your third trimester. This is a walk. Maybe you had a donkey. I hope so. And the almighty God couldn't protect us from those circumstances. I don't get my mom. I got to do a long trip. That is not Mary Ambright. And how anxious Joseph, like, I got to take her there and we got to go to Bethlehem. This isn't awesome. Now this story continues. Let's pick a, another highlight. When they had gone, angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now, where are we right now in scripture? Well, Jesus has been born. Merry Christmas. This is awesome. And he, he was born in the stable. That wasn't great. And, 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 but now he's healthy and, 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 and he's, he's alive. And, and they were in Bethlehem for like 18 to 20 some months. They stayed in Bethlehem. So now Jesus is about 18 to 20 some months old. And the Magi show up. By the way, there was never this nativity scene that we do that has Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus in the manger with the shepherds and the Magi. The Magi weren't there. It's just hard to break. But it's okay. I mean, it's cute. It's, it's tradition. It's, but it didn't actually happen that way. Magi showed up like 20 some months later. But don't, don't let that mess with you. And, and so after they had gone, which is the Magi, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, he said, take the child, Jesus, and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child, Jesus, and his mother during the what? Night. And left for? Are you kidding me? Dude, hold on. Almighty God, you have a shot here. All you got to do is just fix that circumstance and your answer is just let me know. Things aren't going to go so well and you're going to have to leave. So the middle of the night couldn't say goodbye to anybody. They'd been there for, what, 18, 20-some months? This is family. He's working. They're building a life. Oh, no, no, we're going to flee to Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. That's not so merry and bright. Can you imagine relocating? Like you, like you get the phone call in the middle of the night, and you pack up, and you leave with your baby. And now you're off to Egypt. You don't get to say goodbye to your friends, your family. You don't get to you. This, this isn't merry and bright and smooth. That's not another highlight. 
And after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid. He was what, everybody? Afraid. He's afraid to go there. How could you not be anxious? And having been born in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called out of Nazareth. He would be a Nazarene. Isn't it funny? We read all these scriptures and what you really end up with is if you're not anxious, you should be. Joseph and Mary, listen, had circumstances around them that were anxious. They did not have a merry and bright every day and neither do we. Now, do we have some moments that are merry and bright? Of course we do. But let's just acknowledge that. How many have moments in life that are merry and bright? Certain things, certain relationships, certain, yeah, you, you win. Yeah, they're merry and bright. I had a merry and bright moment. This is a cute little moment. I, I got an offering envelope passed along to me a couple weeks ago. Here's, here's a snapshot of the offering envelope. It says, I love you, Papa. You are the best pastor. Love, Breland. Breelin is my first granddaughter. Here's a picture of her with her dad. She is absolutely adorable. And somebody told her, if you want to send a note to your papa, he's the pastor. Just put it on an offering envelope and it will get to him. <laughs> that right there is a merry and bright moment. How many have had less than merry and bright moments in your life? Come on, just hand, look around, just look around. Every of course we have. I mean, you can't escape this. This is part of life. In the circumstances around you, it is said these days that we don't merely experience, listen, we don't merely experience anxious thoughts. Our culture, modern day, has now been described by healthcare professionals as an anxious culture. It's just anxious. It just feeds it. You don't like need somebody to tell you this. I don't even know if you're paying attention, but, but that even occurs through social media. Let me just read from an article a Harvard Medical School affiliate wrote on social media and how it stirs anxiousness. Just listen in. According to a Pew Research, 69% of adults and 81% of teens in the U.S., Use social media. Let me just pause. If you're middle school, high school, college, it's said that you're the most anxious generation in the history, history of our country. And there's reasons for that. If the rest of us are honest, pretty much the foundations of what you build life on have been unraveled in recent years. The foundations of your being created by the living God and that you're created for a purpose and with a purpose and that your identity is in him and all that the culture has tried to unravel. And family and how that works 
and finances and the stabilities of it unraveled. And war. And threats about the future that you couldn't, we're going to just destroy the planet. It's all unraveling. And all the things that you would build as the foundations of life. Oh, you can't trust any government, any leadership. On and on it goes. No wonder you're anxious. You should be. And social media feeds it all the more. And we have so much information that we can do nothing about that it's unraveling to your soul. You may not know that, so pay attention. Today's teaching is not just for adults. In fact, it might be mostly for you. If you can learn what the Lord will teach you today and apply it the rest of your life, you could live calm in an anxious, uh, anxious culture. So just keep listening in. Now let me finish reading what this article said. Social media has a reinforcing nature. Listen. It has a reinforcing nature. Using, using social media activates the brain to reward by releasing dopamine, a, a feel-good chemical which most of us have heard about. While the platforms are designed to be addictive and are associated with producing anxiousness. The more you're on social media, the more it stirs your anxiousness. Because you got all kinds of information you can't do anything about. Now, this feels too heavy to me. So I thought, you know what? We, we need a moment to smile. And comedian Nate Bargetsy makes me smile. And here is a moment where he just talks about the impact of social media. Check it out. I follow Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, I'm a big fan. Just want to see what that guy's life is like. Uh, he tweets nothing fun out. I've learned that. <laughs> he tweeted out, uh, 100 million sharks get killed a year by people. Just do that. No solution. I'm just at home in Tennessee, nowhere near an ocean. <laughs> so many sharks, I don't even, if you told me to guess how many sharks were alive, I would never have guessed 100 million. <laughs> uh, I don't know, a million? I don't know. Like, who knows how many sharks there are? I tweeted back, I was like, all right, dude, I won't kill any sharks. I won't, I don't know. Is that what you wanted out of this? I won't do it. I've never even been near a situation where I thought, I might have to kill this shark. <laughs> oh, so much information. If you're not anxious, you should be. And then in the middle of a world of anxiousness that we all feel and experience, Jesus has a moment. And this moment is one of the most overlooked, underrated moments. Jesus is standing before Pilate. He's now 33 years old. He's about to give his life for our sake. And in this mock trial, this fake trial, Pilate begins to question Jesus. And Jesus isn't anxious enough for him. It's almost as if Pilate is saying, check this out. It's almost as if Pilate is saying, you ought to be anxious. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize that I have the power 
either to free you or to crucify you. I have all the power. And so all this circumstance of, 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 of anxiousness is landing on Jesus. And Pilate saying to Jesus, Man, if you're not anxious, you should be. Aren't you catching on what's at risk? And then what Jesus does next, this is transforming. This is the turn from if you're not anxious, you, you should be, to if you're not calm, you could be. What Jesus says next, it is overlooked, underrated, and profound. Look what Jesus says. And Jesus answered, you would have no power. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Come on, church. That is so profound. The world yells all this stuff to you circumstantially, and the evil one threatens us, and everything looks like, ah, oh, I can't manage it, and it's, it's over my head, and it's beyond me, and I, and, and, and I, I don't have control, and I don't, I'm, I'm afraid of the future, and I fret over things, and, and, and I can't pull it together, and I can't ensure it, and I don't know what's going to happen, and so I worry in my marriage, and I worry for my kids, and I worry over my finances, and I worry over the uncertainty of it all, and then the world says, you ought to be anxious, and we say, we are and then Jesus comes along and says, yeah, but you, you do know who has all the power. He, he interrupts this anxiousness and says to Pilate, yeah, but I have a heavenly father. And he has this all well at hand. And my days are ordained. And so you don't have power over me. Either my heavenly father alters it or allows it but I'm always in his hands. And that is true for everyone who walks with Christ. And Jesus is saying, listen, if you're not calm, you could be. How was he calm? If you figure out why he was calm, it'll change you. So I was, oh, I was late 30s, maybe 40 years old. An event happened I have wanted to teach, and I've wanted to teach it a certain way for like 20 years, and I never have, and today I am. Hope it helps you, because it has absolutely transformed me. I was driving out of the church parking lot, and I said, which you might not appreciate, but I just kind of said out loud in the car, I hate my life. Anybody ever say that just when nobody's around? You know what? There's a few liars in the room, and I want to help you confess. So, so how many of you have ever said something like that? I hate my life. Now, I'm, I didn't really hate my life, but I, all the pieces were awesome, but together, it just sucks. And so, I, it was just not, this, I'm stressed out and, and anxious over things at marriage and things at home and things with the kids and providing and mortgage and finance and, and instability. And then, the, the, just things within me that are unsolved and stirring and restlessness underneath and the risks we had taken as a church. And, I, and, and that pleases God and honors God and been doing exactly what I was asked to do. And then, he's not playing it out merry and bright. And it's just, it's messy. And, and I just, in a frustration, I was pulling out of the church parking lot. And I know it doesn't sound faith-filled. Like you wish somebody, I know you wish I would be more faith-filled than you. And, and I don't know that I am. I, I was just driving. I said, I hate my life. I mean, if this is following you, I could have had this anxiousness without you. And he whispered something. He didn't speak to me audibly, but he whispered, he said something to him that was so profound it marked me in the day, and I, and I want to play it out for you. He said, son, if you would learn to pray through anxiousness, 
I would post guard. I didn't even know what it meant. I would post guard. What does it mean? I, I honestly didn't know. But those who post guard sat in my soul. So I, I eventually got time the end of that day, and I said, what does that mean? And he took me to this scripture. And it's familiar to many of us of faith, and I'd read the scripture a hundred times, but I'd never seen this. Not in the way the Holy Spirit was setting at my soul. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard. Will what, everybody? Guard your heart's and your minds in Christ Jesus. Leave that up there, guys, for a bit. Do not be anxious. Okay, but I am, because the circumstances around me are anxious. Yeah, but you don't have to be. So don't, he's like telling me, don't be anxious. But everything around me is anxious and uncertain, and I, yeah, but you don't have to be. So you, don't be anxious. Okay, how do I do that? Well, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every circumstance, when Pilate is telling you that this is how the world works, when things are uncertain at school or at college or in your finances or in your career or your marriage or with the future of your kids, when things are uncertain in government or politics or, or war or, or inflation or, or economic loss and setback, when all that's uncertain, when you just don't feel like you have it all together rightly from the inside and you're like, I don't know, when in every situation by prayer and petition, in other words, use, listen, use anxiousness as a prompt to pray. Hang on, this is an invitation of God. You don't have to do it. You can live anxious, but you could be calm. It's an invitation. Use anxious as a trigger to pray. To pray what? Well, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. With what? Thanksgiving. In other words, you got to take a moment when you enter into the anxious prayer to say, okay, first of all, I acknowledge God. Every good thing I have is from you. You are a good God. You will be good again. And then, having acknowledged who is good and who is capable and who's powerful, present your request to God. Well, God, here's my anxiousness. Here's my anxious thoughts. Here's what I wish you would do. Here's my circumstance. Here's what I wish you would interrupt. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard. He will, po listen, he will post guard over your heart and mind. Over your mind, so that anxiousness doesn't get into your mind and anxious thoughts. And you think clearly in a world that's anxious. And in your heart, you're feeling. And I got a picture that day, which I've always wanted to present to you. So would you send a couple of my new friends, Carlos and Brandon, out here? I want you to get a picture of what he is saying in this. Because this right here, Paul is writing to Philippi. And Philippi is a garrison town, it's a military town, and they knew exactly what it meant to have guards posted. <laughs> you can't mess with me right now. Say hello to my two friends. <laughs> and he's saying, literally, if you would pray, I'll post guard. I'll put two SWAT angels on either side of you. 
And they'll make sure that wrong thoughts don't get in your mind and you don't get bad theology. You don't start unraveling the truth of who God is and who you are and that you are fully in God's hands. Don't let anxiousness mess with your mind. Stay in the truth. And they'll make sure that though there's anxious stuff around you, it can't get to you. Listen, a couple of minutes ago, if any of you wanted to, you could have got to me. But right now, you cannot. (laughs) You cannot get to me. It doesn't, listen, I have the same circumstances around me that I had three minutes ago, but I have something new. I have guards posted on either side, and y'all can't mess with me. He said, I will post guard so that while it's happening around you, it can't get in you. And then I'll post guard over your heart so that your feelings don't overwhelm your life and you don't start living from your feelings, and I'll put my peace in you, and peace will post guard. Amen? Come on, how good is that from God? Listen, if you're living your life every day and and you're like, oh, oh, the anxiety is getting to me, use it as a trigger to pray and God will send Brandon and Carlos to you. (laughs) Every time you feel it, get a picture of this, y'all, because this is what God will do for you if you'll use anxiousness as a prompt to pray. He will post guard. How good is that? Listen, these two guys are not changing things around me. They're just changing what can get to me. You're not praying and expecting to have merry and bright everywhere around you. Because you live in a messy and broke world. What you're praying is, would you post guard over my mind and my heart so that it doesn't get in me? And I can live calm in an anxious world. Let's give it up for Carlos and Brandon. Thank you, gentlemen. I have wanted to do that for 20 years. And I've thought all 20 years, it's so hokey. I have this picture in my mind. I, the, I, listen, I'm, I'm not telling you this because I've, because I've beaten anxiousness. I would embar- be embarrassed for you to know how it overwhelms me. It's because I battle anxiousness. And that picture I have engaged most every day of my life, sometimes multiple times a day for 20 years. It's absolutely changed my life. You don't have to live anxious. Clearest prompt from the Lord today was take time to pray. I don't know what you're going to do with this teaching. But I know it's an invitation. I know what he would do. If here forward, you used every anxious moment to prompt you to pray. Listen, if I'm going to lead us in a prayer in a moment. If, if, you're, if you're middle school, high school, college, when I lead in this prayer, you take your time to bring what causes you to fret. If you're single, you're like, oh, now I'm working on finding a spouse. What causes you to fret? Maybe that's it. You know, like, God, here's my anxiousness or job or relationship. Maybe you're 30s, 40s, and that's such a tumultuous time where everything in life collides. 
And you got to make marriage work and family work and career work and finance work. It's exhausting. It's exasperating. It's awesome. It's merry and bright and it's messy and broke. Well, bring your request to God and he'll postcard. Maybe you're 55 plus. By the way, let me just pause here. 55 plus. Uh, Marsha and I are going to host our next party on January the 8th. And that next party for 55 plus, or empty nest, or it doesn't matter if you're 50 and empty nest or whatever, 55 plus, is the stage. But man, we know, we thought we hit the stage of life and it's just going to be merry and bright. But, you know, it's been decades putting stuff together so that someday we're not quite ready. We're not ready to retire, but we're going to make some transitions and reposition. And one fifth of everything that we've invested in the last 30-some years has been lost in the last 10 months. And I'm not anxious? Are you kidding me? I don't know. When we go through this prayer, what are you going to surrender to the Lord and say, look, I need to surrender my anxiousness so I can sit in your calm. And you want to be a part of that party, text 55 plus to... 37748 and this is the first party where I get to actually tell you the purpose so 55 plus jump in we'll send stuff out to you you want to get in on that so everyone stand with me would you here across the campuses maybe even at Tolstone home you'd want to stand maybe honestly if you're just online community if you're sitting in your living room or listening to this alone if you're in a spot where you can just bow your head before the Lord Campus pastors, we can come to the stage at the live campuses. And I want to lead you in the prayer. We're just going to have a moment before God. Maybe you're not a person of faith and you say, well, I don't even know if I believe this, but you go ahead and take God as his invitation. Who knows how kind he would be to you? A person of faith and all the more the invitation of God. So Heavenly Father, we come before you. I have battled with anxiousness. Some say because I come from a broken family abandonment. Some because I come from poverty. And we got all kinds of lists as to reasons why. Frankly, Lord, I just think it's the world. And so tell the Lord right now, I would love to be free from anxious thoughts. You begin to offer your prayer. Just tell him right now, Heavenly Father, I would love to be free from anxious thoughts from it getting inside me. You told us to not be anxious. So you, you just pray right alongside. I'm prompting you. Lord, I would like to live anxious-free on the inside. I know I can't on the outside, but on the inside. Help me practice what you invite me to. So I'm going to present my request to you. Lord, tell them I'm going to present my request to you. But begin with thanksgiving. So unique to you, Tell him what you're thankful for. Give him one, two, three things. As a middle schooler, as a high schooler, as a college student, one, two, three things you're thankful for. Maybe a single person, here's what I'm thankful for. Maybe you have some messy and broke, but right here, this has been merry and bright. Tell the Lord what you're thankful for and give him credit. Say, thank you, God. Here are the good things you have done for me. Remember who is good and remember he will be good. You have been good and you will be good to me. And so because of who you are, Lord, you invite us to present our requests. So tell God right now, here's what makes me anxious. Tell him what makes you anxious. He's listening to you. Heavenly Father, here's what makes me anxious. And you just begin to fill in the blank. 
This is what I fret over. This is what burdens me. This is what I fear. This is what I carry. This is what's so uncertain. This is the underlying angst and restlessness and I can't get free from. This is the low grade that just seems to never go away. I'm with my family and I'm worried about work. I'm at work and I'm worried about my family. Oh God, here's my requests. And offer it to him. And then, Lord, I pray, pray that you would do exactly what you promised, that the peace of Christ would postguard. Now, Lord, I want to pray, pray a blessing over us. Would you right now postguard? Would you, I don't know if you do with angels, how your Holy Spirit does it. I just love the imagery of a, of a Brandon and Carlos standing on either side, mighty angels, SWAT angels, if you will, and protect my heart and protect my mind. And God, you transformed me that day. And I've never beaten anxiety, anxious thoughts, I've just surrendered them to you and you have posted guard. Would you post guard over every heart and mind that would ask you in Christ Jesus? And now campus pastors and pastors across the campuses, would you step up online each of the live campuses and we just take a moment and seal this prayer of God over our church and church, you receive it. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, continue in that, that moment of prayer wherever you're at so you can keep your head bowed. Father God, um, you've heard our request. Uh, Lord, you've heard us speaking to you right now, just claiming the things that bring us um, anxiousness in our lives, uh, Father God. And we trust several things about you, God, and we're gonna end it this way, just by trusting the character of who we say you are, that you're a good father, that you love us, and God, that you would never ask us into something that you wouldn't deliver us from. So you wouldn't ask us to not be anxious or, or to, to lay those down, uh, Father, at your feet if you didn't promise to deliver us from those things because that's not the kind of God that you are. You don't leave us hanging, Father. You provide and you step in the gap, God. And so we trust that today that you have heard our request, Father. We want to um, release our anxieties, Father. We want to rest in your calmness, God. And so let that be true of everyone who's watching right now. It's a 12 Stone Home online, wherever they're at. Would they have this overwhelming sense of calmness uh, in their life immediately, Father God, because you've posted guard around their heart and their mind, around the things that keep them anxious, uh, Lord. So let that be so in the name of Jesus right now. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're standing, you can go ahead and uh, take a seat wherever you're at. Man, what a great message. Yeah. So real, like so real. Yeah. Relevant. I know that sounds dumb, but like, man, that is where we are at. Uh, now, we usually have a conversation question. We're going to bring that up to you in just a minute. But before we do, I want to touch on something that PK said earlier in the message when he was talking about Christmas and all. Uh, he talked about kids getting Christmas banks. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And at all of our physical campuses, we're able to do those because everyone's gathering. Now, for our 12 Stone Home gatherings, it's a lot harder. We weren't able to send those out or be able to get them to you in time to really... Uh, do, uh, to participate in that in the same way. So what we want to encourage you to do is still get involved. Be creative. Be creative. <laughs> there are tons of ways yeah. to create little kids' banks. Totally. We came up with one in my family. <laughs> this is great. This is really... We took a toilet bowl, a toilet... Toilet uh, bowl. <laughs> no, we didn't take a toilet bowl, sorry. We took a toilet paper roll yeah. and we just uh, cut circles and Brilliant. glued it on and then now we have a little tiny bank. How cute is that? Yeah, have my kids are getting Tupperware. <laughs> So there's lots of ways to do well, it, man. Pringles like, cans, Pringles cans, yeah, at the top, anything yeah, totally. you have, honestly. But the point is, get your kids involved, invite them to participate yes. in generosity. This is an opportunity for you to be discipling your kids in giving and generosity. And don't just give them money to put in, like, 
like help them, yeah, help them make understand. some money, earn some money, and then talk th through them uh, the concept of giving. That's right. Hey, and adults too, you know, we're looking forward to the 18th and there's yep. going to be ways that you can engage and participate uh, with that uh, online. Uh, but we also want to say, like we're going to wrap a little bit today just saying one of the ways we worship is how we give. Yes. And we don't say it lightly. It's not just a statement. It's really something that we believe that we put God first in yep. every area of our Absolutely. life including our finances. And so if you want to worship that way and you're like, man, that's, that's the way of putting God first in your life, you can text GIVE to 37748 and uh, just do it digitally. My wife, Jess, and I, we do all of our giving uh, digitally. It's a yep. really easy way uh, to do that and to put God first in your finances. Yeah. So we want to have a little conversation question. Part yeah. of our Sunday experience with our 12-stone home gatherings is not that we just show up, listen to a message, then walk away. We show up and listen and let God mess with our hearts. And then we have a little conversation yeah. kind of talking it out because we believe that healing comes in community. And so uh, that question that PK asked is kind of the question that we want you to verbalize, which is when you look at those lists of things that bring you anxiety, what kind of stands out is like, man, this is my kryptonite. This is the thing that when, when I think about it, it's It'll rough. Take me out. It's what I prayed about. Yeah. In this prayer time. It's the request I made. By verbalizing that, it allows others to surround you and encourage you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just getting that out that it's not like a shameful secret. It's something that you can bring other people into is a huge thing. Yeah. So, and it might also, it, sorry, it might yeah. also feel like a really vulnerable thing to do. You're like, yeah. oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Guys, I, I the, Travis was there. I yeah. did it this week yeah. uh, in, a, in a meeting and Kevin was there and Pastor Jason was there. And I just kind of had something that was wrestling. Mm -hmm. And... I felt what God did after that, just the delivery from that uh, is so helpful and incredible when you have godly people around you pray for you and talk to you about it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what it looks like uh, maybe to have postcard around your heart yeah. and like God be doing some things. So anyway, we know it's vulnerable, uh, but we would encourage you to take part in it. Yeah, and now he has other people sharing that burden with him. Yeah. You know, yeah, so he's not carrying anyway. it alone. So have a conversation, share those things, then have a, a little time of prayer where you pray for each other. Uh, and we look forward to an amazing Christmas season. We're excited about what God's going to do about giving and what we get to participate in. So have a great conversation. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Later. See ya. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.